And of course, the way that they uh, the way that they present that is in a very slick, very uh, well uh, high production value kind of video where you know they've got nice lighting and the the guy looks like a very intelligent human being and uh, and you know they'll prey on your emotions that you know because they'll say things like all faith people uh, say that it's your problem that you're not healed that if you just had enough faith that you'd be healed and uh, and it and or if you send me enough money you'll get healed so then they cross the line of course with with that and the other and the other ones too and uh, and. Uh, but they give no Bible for it, right? They give no Bible for it at all. It's, they're just there pontificating. But because they prey on the fears of people that, you know, because a lot of people will get under pressure if they're, not, if they're not healed, right? If they don't get healed. And so the devil will heap condemnation on them. Well, if you, and, and the devil will tell them, if you just had enough faith, you could be healed. So clearly you don't have enough faith, so you must be unworthy to receive the blessings of the Lord. Well, that sounds like something the devil would say. That doesn't sound like something the Lord would say. Uh, and, but there's such an onslaught uh, against the word, against the following God in the church, right? Not in the world. I mean, the world, so the Bible's clear. Don't, you know, don't follow the world, right? Uh, be not conformed to this world. Uh, and, you know, of course, sometimes people want to play both fences, you know, uh, have one foot in the church, one foot in the world. But in the church, there's such an attack uh, to not be, you know, you don't want to be too, too, uh, uh, fanatical, right? You don't want to be too fanatical. Uh, I don't know, you know what that means, right? But you don't want to be, you don't want to be that extreme, too extreme. You know, I mean, you follow God, but you know, if it's not convenient, you know, then He'll give you a buy, right? Uh, and um, but you'll never be happy that way. Yeah, you'll never be happy until you sell out to God a hundred percent. Never be happy, especially the more you know, the unhappier you'll be, because the more you know of the Lord, right? The more you know of the Word. Uh, uh, no doubt everybody struggles with things. Paul talks about some of his struggles, you know, and Peter talks about some of his struggles. And we saw the life of Peter, even after he got saved, you know, how sometimes he struggled. Uh, and, uh, and yet, you know, I think Peter did pretty good for himself, right? Of course, after he got baptized with the Holy Ghost, you know, he was on fire for the Lord. But even later on, years later, he got, he got snookered into the, you remember in, in, in Galatians, where, where Paul said that uh, he had to confront Peter face to face that he, that uh, Peter was doing fine but then some Jews showed up and they're like well, Peter what are you doing eating with those Gentiles uh, and, and he's like well I'm not eating with Gentiles you know uh, uh, I'll, I'll go hang out with you guys right so basically he he changed his doctrine because of the people that were around him they were might have been big supporters of his ministry they might have been give, big givers of his ministry and you know whatever the motivation was he, he yielded to that. Now, this is Peter, right, that sat with Jesus for three and a half years and, and spoke a word, and people left this earth because they were in sin with Ananias and Sapphira. Spoke a word, and, and Aeneas was raised from the dead. It, uh, spoke a word, and a man at, at the Gate Beautiful was raised up from uh, being um, uh, a cripple all of his life. And yet, just by peer pressure alone, just not, not even... Sin, like, hey, let's go rob a bank, sin, but just, what are you doing being so fanatical, Peter, and, and, and believing that God has gone to the Gentiles, that God wants the Gentiles saved, even though the Lord, didn't the Lord appear to him in a vision in Acts chapter 10? He did. I mean, he, he appeared to Peter. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, and yet he still fell. 
you know, when I, when I read stories like that, to me, it's always a warning. Because, uh, you know, remember the, the Bible says that the Old Testament, you know, in, I think it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that these things were written for our admonition, right? So the, so the Old Testament failings were not written so that we could uh, heap condemnation upon Abraham or whoever failed, right? Uh, but that it would be a warning to us that, you know, none of us are, are beyond the, the choice of failing, right? All of us have the choice to fail if we want to. Now, the Lord can't, make, the, the devil can't make us fail, right? It's always our choice to fail, but none of us are beyond the ability to fail. So, we, so it takes such diligence to decide, I'm going to follow the, God, follow the Lord regardless. If everybody gets mad, you know, so be it, you know. And, and I, I was been, um, of course, most of the time when I listen to ministers, I'm listening to Brother Hagin because I just love his, you know. Uh, people say, well, you're, you know, you're a Haganite or, you know, you're, you know, you've drunk the Kool-Aid or whatever. I, I don't listen to Brother Hagin because I believe what Brother Hagin says something because he says it. I listen to Brother Hagin because when he says something, he confirms it with the word and, and he shows you in the word where it's at. So like the guy talking that healing is not, you know, the, the way that faith healers, you know, he would call me a faith healer, that it's wrong. But he doesn't give any Bible for that, right? Brother Hagin gives you 87 Bible verses and you could just forget everything he, he comments about it and just read the verses and come to the exact same conclusion that he does. It's not like it's, it's all really that profound, except that it's amazingly profound because it's the word. But, uh, but uh, you know, some fellow was talking about how um, Pentecost was only for the Jews. And he's got like a PhD of stupidity, I guess, because, I mean, how many, the very vision that the Lord gave to Peter in Acts chapter 10 was for the Gentiles, that the Gentiles would receive the Holy Spirit, right, with speaking in tongues, because that's what it says. And that Cornelius, that the Holy Spirit fell, and they spoke with other tongues, and that was the Gentiles, right? Cornelius was a Gentile. The Ephesians were Gentiles, right? And other examples in, in the book of Acts, and so... Uh, but the thing I would, con- I would caution all of you uh, on is be careful because the Old Testament says that the little foxes spoil a vine. And, and so, you know, the devil is never going to show up on your doorstep in a red suit, a pitchfork, and, and a red tail, is he? He's going to show up dressed like a Christian. And he's going to say, you know, that, you know, speaking in tongues is, is great, you know, for, for those that, you know, that they're called to that. But, you know, it's not really for everybody. Now, that sounds pretty slick, right? Except it's from the pit of hell. I mean, the Lord never intended there to be anything other than a Pentecostal church. Every Christian should be spirit-filled. Now, I'm not mad at anybody if you don't. You're still going to go to heaven if you accept Jesus. It's not a requirement for salvation or heaven, <clears throat> but it's a, it's a commandment from the Lord Jesus himself, right? And when people say things like, you know, it's just, it's just not for me, that will lead you down a path of unbelief. And you'll wake up one day and not believe anything. Then you'll wake up one day and I, I don't really believe this stuff. You know, this stuff, it's just, you know, I'm going to be a good moral person, you know, but, you know, this Bible stuff, you know, there's a lot of morality in the world. We don't have to have it from the church. Uh, it, it's, it's devilish, right? It, it's, it's, it's sly. Uh, and, um, you know, when, when we were with Brother Randy, he was talking about... Um, <clears throat> He, he, the scripture that he, he went to was Psalms 1, right? Uh, in fact, I think we read it Sunday, but I think it'd be good just to read it again, just on my heart to kind of reiterate the things that he was talking about there. And so, you know, of course, we know Psalm 1. 
But, uh, and this is, this is how the whole book starts out, right? It's right after the book of Job, right? So we got Psalm 1 there says, well, that's a lot of introduction. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So these three people, ungodly, sinners, and scornful, these are not all people that are outside uh, the covenant of God. You know, sinners are outside the covenant of God, but there are those who are of the covenant of God and walk ungodly. <clears throat> there are those uh, who walk, who claim to be Christians who are scornful, scornful of your faith, right? <clears throat> oh, <clears throat> you're one of those faith people. Well, what does that sound like? Sound like scornful, doesn't it, right? Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You know, there's such a, a pressure um, to, to not live your faith, right? Because people will call you arrogant and prideful. Well, you're so arrogant and think that God, you know, blah, 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 you know. I'm not arrogant. I just know what the Word says. The Bible says that this is the confidence that I have, that if I ask anything according to His will, He hears me. Now, I didn't write that. That's what the Lord says. And if I ask anything according to His will, what is my expectation? That He hears me. And so my goal is to always ask everything according to his will. Well, you can't know the will of God. Well, we're talking about that on Sunday mornings, aren't we? What's the answer? Can you know the will of God? 100% you can know the will of God. How many times? Every single time. Any exceptions? Never an exception. Amen. Uh, And so the scornful will be sly. They'll have nice, beautiful backgrounds, good lighting, good quality audio. You know, they'll dress nice, comfortable, not, you know, they won't dress with a suit and tie on, but they'll dress comfortable, you know, and make you feel comfortable, make your flesh feel comfortable, and, and they will say things that, that uh, will try to persuade you to, you know, not leave the Lord, you know, not, not to, uh, to backslide and leave the Lord, but just not be so, not press in so much, right? Don't, don't be so radical. You know, there's nothing better than a wide-eyed, radical, born-again, brand-new baby Christian, right? I mean, they're radical. They, they'll burn everything, you know, and burn every tape and book and, you know, Get rid of it, and, and maybe they're overzealous in some areas, but, you know, it's awesome, right? And then, you know, over time, uh, well, you've got to be respectable, you know. Well, you don't, you don't be that wild, you know. You, don't go to, you want to go to a respectable church. Well, I mean, yeah, and die, right? Now, it's got nothing to do with how big a church is, right? It matters what, what the church teaches, amen? I've got uh, good friends of mine that have got large, very large churches, and I'd recommend anybody go to those churches, right? Uh, uh, and so I'm not mad at anybody, but uh, he said, blessed is the man, happy. What's that word blessed means? Happy. So if you're, if you're in any of this environment, you know, I know lots of Christians who are in this environment. They, they, they fellowship a lot with sinners. Now look, uh, you can't separate yourself from sinners. Paul talked about that because he, he talked about, you know, leaving people that deny the Lord. And then later on he says, well, look, I'm not talking about leaving the world because the only way you can do that is to leave this earth. So and besides that, we're called to minister to the world, right? So you minister to the world, but they're not your best friends, right? They're not people that you're confidants. They're not to people, you know, uh, you just got to be careful about that, right? Uh, and so, um, but uh, who do you surround yourself with, right? Who, who is around you? When you look around, uh, you know, when I look around, when I go to like, uh, that's why I love going to Brother Randy's meetings, because when I look around, everybody in that room there, is going to cause me to be a better person and not just be a better moral person, but press in more, enter more into the things of God, pursue him greater today than I did yesterday, 
they all will, will strengthen me and sharpen me and, and cause me to, to be a, uh, a closer, have a closer walk with the Lord Jesus. Uh, and that's what you should see when you look around your life. That's what you should see, right? Is people in that part, a great part of that is your church that you go to, right? Uh, I would hope that you'd feel that way coming to this church, right? I mean, you're, I believe you're called to this church. And, uh, and uh, part of my desire is to instill in all of us a greater desire longing for the Lord, right? Uh, to pursue Him greater at all costs, no matter what the cost is, no matter what you have to do to get there. Uh, because the world say, well, you know, just back off a little bit. You don't need to be so radical, right? No, you need to be as radical. Uh, you know, uh, there, there's always wisdom. I understand that, right? The, uh, you know, uh, and I know sometimes some of these radical people, they'll sit on a street corner and they'll preach damnation and hell fire. And I mean, you know, they, they've got a lot of zeal, but they probably could use a little wisdom in that because that's not the gospel, right? The gospel is good news, right? Good news is you're going to miss hell if you accept the Lord. Bad news is you're going to go to hell if you don't accept the Lord, right? So let's stick on the good news, right? and that's what we're supposed to go and preach the gospel, right? Now, when we get in the church, we get some teaching on hell and why it's important to avoid that, of course. But, but um, I've just been seeing a lot of a lot of attacks uh, and the, the the sly attacks, right? Uh, they're not, you know, a, a horrible sinner saying, you know, I hate God. They're people in the church saying, don't love God that much. And, and you have to be careful about that. That's why uh, the only way you can be happy is what Psalm 1 says, right? Is to not walk around with these people, right? Uh, not, not sit with them, right? And, and not uh, go in their way. Uh, but what should you delight in? The law of the Lord, right? And in his law, do you meditate day and night? You know, I think about the Lord and his word just all the time. I mean, I don't, it, it's so rare that I'm not thinking about his word and meditating on his word and you know, what, does, what do you mean by that? Why did you pick that word? You know, uh, why did you say it that way? Um, and because he, he says the result of that, see, avoid verse 1, do verse 2, and you get verse 3. But if you do verse 1, skip verse 2, you'll never get to verse 3, right? But verse 3 is the promise of the obedience. Verse 3 says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You know, you want to be an immovable immov- tree? Uh, don't you want to be an unmovable tree, right? Uh, when we talked last week about, you know, or the week before last when we were here, um, that uh, none of these things move me, right? And none of these things move me because I'm a tree planted by the water uh, that bring forth fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and where, whatsoever he doth shall prosper. But don't you want to be prosperous in the things? See, a lot of people want the blessings of the Lord without the obedience of the Lord. And so they'll go about doing things that, that result in financial gain and they'll say it's the Lord when it's not the Lord. It's just their own hard work. There's plenty of smart and hardworking people that can make, make a buck, you know, but it's not the blessings of the Lord, you know. Uh, and so, but in all of these things, you know, anytime you read the Word of God, if the Word of God is bringing condemnation to you, just like me reading these three verses, you know, if there's condemnation coming into your life, it's not coming from me and it's not coming from the Lord. It's coming from your own flesh, right? That, that's condemning you to try to get you to not pursue these verses. And, and you should always uh, try to recognize that. If I'm being condemned, uh, because I'm surely not trying to condemn anybody at all. You know, I want to inspire everybody to do with these, because, you know, to me, this is a great plan. Skip verse 1 or, or avoid the, the problems of verse 1. Do verse 2, get verse 3. Wow, sounds like a pretty good plan to me, Lord. I think I'll do that, right? 
Uh, and uh, that's how, that should be our response, right? And, and then the Lord said, okay, well then here's some things to adjust from verse 1. And here's some things to adjust to get better in verse 2. And then you'll see the fruit in verse 3. Uh, and so um, it just, uh, uh, there, there's such a, a burden in my heart right now to, to warn the church, be careful. Be careful that there are those in the church that are trying to lead you astray to not follow the path that God has for you in this day. Uh, the Lord will provide and the Lord will respond with wisdom and understanding if you're willing to follow his word uh, in all of your ways. Amen. He will do it. He will protect you and he will, he will always be with you. Uh, and, you know, there's lots of things in my life that I've had to walk away from. Lots of things. People sometimes just walk away. Some people I've got to go back. Some people have never been back with them and never will. Not in this lifetime. You know, I'll see them in heaven and they'll probably make it to heaven. I hope they do and be glad that they do. All right. I got no ill will towards them. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, the, the thing that when Paul said, none of these things move me. You know, where was he going when he said that? He was headed towards Jerusalem, right? Remember, he was going to Jerusalem there in, in the book of Acts. And they said that the, that the, that the owner of this girdle will, will experience um, uh, persecution, right? Uh, and, and be in bondage and persecution. Uh, and Paul said, none of these things move me. But he, he wasn't saying, I've stopped. He said, I'm always moving forward. I'm always moving to the, to the in fact, we'll get to Philippians chapter 3. Uh, here in, you know, no promises, but 10 or 15 years at least, right? But, you know, I'm always pressing toward the mark. See, you're always moving forward toward the mark of the high calling of the Lord Jesus. That's the thing. Man, if people go with you, that's awesome. That's amazing. Some people, they can't make that journey with you. Uh, and if they can't make that journey with you, you've you got to go on. I mean, the alternative is to not go on, right? The alternative is to, is to, is to go by the wayside and follow verse 1. Or, and there's no happiness in there. There's no joy in that. You know, the, the, you know, the Bible says that, that, sin, that there's pleasure in sin for a season. And there always is. A short term seems like it's happy, but long term, you're still a spirit being, right? So Paul was headed toward Jerusalem. And what he's saying when he said, none of these things move me, he's saying, none of these things are moving me off of my, my path. This is my path. What's your path, right? And we all, I think we all know our path. If we'll be honest with ourselves and, and through prayer, you can find your path. If you don't know what it is, you know, spend more time in prayer. Uh, but see, Paul, he didn't say none of these things move me. I've stopped. He says, I'm moving forward and I'm like a tree. This tree is moving forward and it cannot be stopped. Uh, you can say what you want. You can do what you want. You remember there in, in Acts chapter 13, uh, where Paul was let's turn over to Acts chapter 13 there. Let's see if we can find it here. Well, um, I'm going to be able to find it there. Oh, yeah. So Acts chapter 13 here, uh, it says in verse 1, Now they were at the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers. So whoever these people were, they were either prophets and teachers or prophets or teachers, right? Started with Barnabas. Remember, Barnabas was the first one that introduced Paul to the apostles, right? Uh, because they all they were all afraid of Paul before that he's throwing everybody in jail but see Paul really accelerated in his ministry he was called to be a great apostle right 
And so Barnabas was really uh, an aid to him, to Paul. I mean, even though in, in one way Barnabas was older than Paul in the Lord, but Paul had a greater call on his life than Barnabas did. Uh, and so he started with Barnabas and, and, and then ended at the end of verse 1, uh, and, and Saul, who eventually was called Paul. And it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas, and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and they sent them away. Uh, and so Paul and Barnabas were tight. You know, from Acts chapter 9 on, Paul and Barnabas were tight, right? And then they traveled all over the Asia. In Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter 14, Acts chapter 15. And then uh, we get down to in Acts chapter 15, verse 36. And it says, And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word and see how they do. So, so Paul said, let's go back, and we, we've gone on this trip, let's go back, right? So you, if you follow Paul's life, he had three missionary journeys, and they go through a missionary journey number one, he traveled here and here and here, and then missionary journey two, he traveled here, here, and three, ended up at Rome um, and uh, in prison. Uh, and so Paul is saying, you know, let's go back and visit everybody again. We've started all these churches, let's go see how they're doing. And so, so that's what he said to Barnabas, you know, two peas in a pod, right? Barnabas was, was the man of consolation, right? He was, he was uh, as, all, as far as we know, was a great fellow. And it said, and Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now, we don't have time to go in it, but uh, they had been taken. Uh, Mark is actually the author of the Gospel of Mark, right? He wrote the book of Mark, and he traveled with Paul and Barnabas for many, for many years. Uh, and the, but one time they were traveling somewhere, and he said, I, I got to go home. I'm going, I got to go, leave. And, and they left him, Mark, uh, Mark left him, right, John Mark left him, and he went back to Jerusalem, and they were on their way somewhere else, and, and you know, Paul's like, hey, we, you know, we need, we're going here, you know, we, we were expecting to go with us, and I got to go, I got to go, and so he left, he left, now later on, you know, they reconciled, and Paul talked about Mark, you know, that, hey, he's helpful and useful to the ministry, but here, uh, it said in verse 37, And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose name was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia uh, and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. So Paul's moving forward. Barnabas is moving forward with Paul. And is there any doctrinal issue here? No doctrinal issue, right? But what's the problem? Mark wasn't faithful, right? Mark, Mark left the work. And, and in this case, you know, not all the time, because later on, Paul did say good things about Mark, right? And, and that he's helpful to the ministry and, and things. So it sounds like to me that Mark, Mark repented and, and got right, uh, back right with, uh, with Paul. But right here... You know, Paul's like, well, you know, we don't, we don't need this, we don't need this uh, person with us because he's not, you know, he's not a, uh, he's not a Psalms one verse two kind of fellow, right? He's a Psalms one verse one kind of fellow at this moment. Uh, and so uh, Barnabas was, well, I'm right, and of course Paul said, I'm right. Well, who's the senior minister here? Well, Paul is right. He's, I mean, I know from a chronological age, uh, he may be younger. Than Barnabas, but he's a senior minister, right? He's the greatest apostle of the New Testament. Uh, really, as far as the uh, foundation apostles go, he wrote the vast majority of the New Testament. And so Barnabas would have, been, would have done well to yield to Paul. Even if he disagreed with him here, but he, stood, he should have yielded to Paul here. Uh, and, and so 
So how do we know that uh, Paul was right and Barnabas was wrong? Well, we're in Acts chapter 15. How many chapters are there in the book of Acts? Anybody know? It's a test, right? What's that? 109. Any other numbers? I'm going to do an auction. Uh, there's 28 chapters in the book of Acts, right? Uh, and so, uh, 28 chapters in the book of Acts. Barnabas is here in Acts chapter 15. You never hear from Barnabas again. Never in the book of Acts. Now, in the other epistles later on, Paul does mention Barnabas, and he always speaks highly of him. But here, there is a disagreement. What was Paul, Paul just, what did Paul do? Kept on moving forward, right? He kept on moving forward. And you hate that there was a separation here because Barnabas, for, for, you know, he was a great teacher of the word. But he was called out by name, by the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 13 and left Paul two chapters later. You know, sometimes we get big for our britches, right? That's what my mom used to call them. Too big for your britches. And it took me a long time to just meditate on it. I said, too big for your britches. You know, well, britches are your pants. So if you're too big for your... What does it really mean? I mean, you know, I mean, that's just a saying. We say that, right? But we all know what that means, right? That means you're just, you know, too full of yourself, right? Too big for your britches, you know? Uh, and, and, uh, but she never would, and I would, you know, there's no way I would ask her, Mom, could you explain the, you know, what you mean by that particular phrase? You know, what are, what are britches? Because you never wore britches, right? I mean, that's, people did that a thousand years ago, but I always wore pants, you know? And uh, so that was the only time that phrase was used, you know, too big for your britches. And, and um, all I knew, it was bad. Whatever it was, it was bad, right? So you don't do it. Uh, but it seems, and, and you know, some people say, well, Paul was wrong and Barnabas, you know, whatever, whatever. But uh, who appeared to Paul later on? Jesus did multiple times in, the, in this book, right? After this event. Never mentioned, hey, you were, you were wrong. You need to go ask uh, Barnabas to forgive you, right? I mean, you think, don't you think sin would keep somebody from, from doing spectacular miracles, right? I mean, we're there in Acts chapter uh, 16. If you just go over there in Acts chapter 19, it says in verse 11, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Special miracles. So, I mean, you got, wouldn't we like to have uh, miracles wrought by our hands? Well, when you get, go to miracles, and you get, then you get special miracles. I mean, that's like gravy on top of gravy, right? That's like white gravy on top of brown gravy on top of mashed potatoes, right? Uh, I don't know if that would that be good or not. I don't know. But uh, uh, maybe it's like ice cream on top of gravy on top of, you know, whatever it is, it's really good, right? Well, don't you think the Lord would have corrected Paul if he was out of order, out of line there? I mean, you know. Uh, so I think it's a pretty valid assumption that Paul was right. Disagreement, though, right? They disagreed over a person. Uh, and, and, you know, Paul didn't say Mark should be shot, you know, ostracized from the church. He just said this journey, you know, we don't need to bring Mark. Because I believe what, what Paul was trying to do was to help Mark. He, he was going to say, look, you can't go on this trip. Because you need to understand what you did when you left us over there. You left us high and dry over there. It's not acceptable. You can't just leave us. Right? You, you do the work. Uh, but what did Paul do? Kept on going, Right. And there are times when people will just walk away from you. Got to keep on going. You know, they say it's lonely at the top. It's not really a, a valid biblical phrase because, I mean, the top of what? You know, we're all on the top, right? Uh, but you remember when, when Jesus spoke in, in um, uh, go over to, uh, to John chapter 6. You know, all these things, you just, it's just that, just the real concern I have in my heart about the church there, right? And so you go to chapter 6, uh, and it says, 
and we're not going to go through all of it, but, but many times Jesus said, let, let's read verse 53. Uh, of course, he'd been uh, pressing into this, this, this uh, story or, or this uh, preaching right here with Jesus. And he said in verse 53, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now, that, that is like telling a Jew to, to go kiss a Gentile or something because it's like the worst. You know, eating blood, the worst, right? The, the, the Jews knew you don't eat blood. That's like the, the worst thing you could do, right? And yet Jesus is telling him here, you just eat, eat my flesh, drink my blood. You know, you've got no, uh, uh, you've got, uh, um, uh, there's no life in you, right? Uh, and so, uh, and so you come on down then to verse 60. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard of this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured it, he said unto them, does this offend you? You know, you think, now all Jesus was saying was the word. You know, sometimes you preach the word, people get offended. I told you about the time I was preaching John 15, 7 in church, and this fellow came up, you know, John 15, 7, if you bite me and my words about him, you ask what you want shall be done unto you. Is, is that what it says? Is there any loophole of way that the Lord... Well, if you, do what he, if you do what he says you'll do, will the Lord say, you know, I didn't really mean that. You can't ask what you want. That's, that's, that's absurd. Nobody does that. But did Jesus mean that? Did Jesus mean to say that if you abide in him and his words abide in you, just ask whatever you want to, and it will be done unto you? Is that what Jesus said? I mean, that's not really that hard of a, of a verse to understand, right? Uh, it may be a hard verse to live out because you've got to abide in him and his words got to abide in you. The, the, the big reason why people don't get what they, what they ask for is because they're failing in one of those two areas, right? Either not abiding in him or his words not abiding in them. Uh, and so, but he said, if you do these things, whatever you ask. Well, is there a limit on that? No limit, right? But see, if you're abiding him and his words abiding you, you'll know, okay, this is, this is where I need to be right here. Because some people say, well, then I'm going to ask for a billion dollars. You know how many people be ruined uh, beyond uh, salvation if they received a billion dollars tomorrow? I mean, how many stories have you heard of people winning a lottery and it ruins their life, right? Uh, I was just reading today about some fellow who made some app on the phone and, and made like a million dollars from this app. You know, before that, he was just a guy, but he made this app and we got a million dollars and he said it was the worst. But it doesn't sound like the Lord to me, right? I mean, you know, it doesn't sound like the Lord at all. Uh, so... Uh, so he, he said, um, so this fellow after church came up and said, you're just preaching false hope. Does this offend you? Does the word offend you? You know, faith offends a lot of people. Just saying live by faith, that offends people. Well, how dare you? I, I didn't write any of this stuff. I, I'm just, you know, I report, you decide, right? That's all, all I'm doing is reading what the word says. That's what, isn't that what the word says, right? Does this offend you? Uh, and it did, right? Uh, this is a hard saying. Uh, and so he said, what, and if you shall see the son of man ascend up where he was before, it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh product with nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit in their life. So Jesus explained in verse 63, the whole issue was y'all are taking this as, as, as if I'm saying in the natural realm, go and chop my finger off and eat it. He said, the words I speak, they're spirit. I'm talking about the spirit realm. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. You know, of course, they're, they're, what are you talking about? When you talk to some people about the spirit realm, like, what are you talking about? You're talking about ghosts and goblins, you know, and scoop, spooky things. And no, you know, some people have no, no concept of the spirit realm. Uh, and so, uh, 
He said, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore, said I unto you that no man can come unto me except they were given unto him by my father. From that time, many of his what? Disciples, right? So these weren't just the Pharisees, right? These were the, the Sadducees, the Herodians, the people that hated him. These were the, his followers, the people that followed Jesus, the, the closest ones to him. Not, none, none of the 12, but the, his disciples, right? All the 12 were called out of the group of the disciples. Uh, and he said, um, they walked no more with him. Walked away from him. You know, a lot of ministers, that will happen to them. And they will change their doctrine because of that. I don't like making people mad. I don't want to be controversial. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to press in, you know. And, and, of course, my job and goal in life is not to be controversial, not to be, you know, uh, argumentative, not to be, you know, fanatical. That none of those are my goal. My goal is to follow the Word of God. If the Word of God says... Ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Then bless God, I'm going to follow the word, ask what I want and, and have it to be done unto me. And if that, if that offends you, man, I'm sorry. But if that's what the word says, the word says, you know, uh, whatever, don't commit adultery. Man, I'm not going to commit adultery. Well, you know, I have needs. Whatever, Janet, you know, I mean, I'm going to just follow the word, you know, whatever the word says. As, as happy, blessed is the man, right? Ble- happy. I'm, I'm happy all the time. Now, I'm not happy about things that people do or say, you know, but just me, just me and me, I'm happy. Not mad, bitter, angry, you know, just, I'm just happy. And I, and I intend to stay that way to my last breath on the earth, right? Uh, and and so, so his disciples quit walking with him, left him. So you reckon Jesus was out of the will of God? People left the church, you know, must be something going bad on that church over there. What, what, what Jesus? You know, sometimes you say, well, the Lord says this, and people will walk away. They get mad. Yeah, you know, you, you believe God heals every single time without, that God's will is to heal every single time without exception? Absolutely. Not even a shadow of doubt. I mean, I've got the word on it. I'm, I'm, we've been teaching this for eight years, right? We've got the word. I mean, we've gone over and over. I mean, we keep going over the same... I mean, after a while, you've got to go over the same verses, right? And so we keep going back over the same verses. We, have we found any, any loophole for that? That sometimes God, you, you know, for you, nah, I, just, I don't want to heal you. No, every single time, not a single exception. The desire of the Lord for your life is to heal your body from every malady, sickness, aches, pain, everything. To live your whole life on this earth free from sickness and disease until you breathe your last breath on the earth and you just turn the light off and go home. That's the, that's the perfect will of God. That's his desire for all of his children. Uh, and will we all attain to that? Well, you know, we all should shoot for it. Amen. It'd be a lot better being happy and, and mostly well than, than unhappy and sick all the time. I mean, you know, I don't know. You know, Brother Hagin always said, I'd rather shoot for 100 and get 50 than shoot for none and get all of it. You know, uh, you know, a lot of people are shooting for none. I'm getting everything. I'm getting everything I'm believing for. What do you believe for? Well, nothing. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't want to live that way. Right. So what did Jesus say? Well, I'm going to adjust my doctrine. I'm not going to be so controversial. And, you know, the thing is, to me personally, I don't think I'm controversial at all. I think I think I just, you know, whatever the word is just so, so obvious, you know, just well, that's just kind of the obvious way to live. But, but people will just, oh, you're one of those crazy maddocks. You're one of those fake people, fake, fake healers, we call them, you know, not faith healers, 
fake healers. Now, you're one of those, right? I just think this is, I don't think any, I don't think anything I believe is radical. I think it's as normal as God. I mean, whatever God is, I think it's just as normal. God is a supernatural, spectacular, miracle-working, all-powerful, loving and kind God. will do anything to help you and protect you all the days of your life. And that's the God I read in the Bible. These gods that, you know, he's too busy to heal you, doesn't want to heal you, won't provide for you. I mean, what kind of a God is that? The devil can do better than that by his, for his people. You get the mob and he'll make you a king. You go become a, a, a terrible uh, genocidal maniac and, and running some country and he'll make you king of the earth if he can. But you tell people that God wants to bless you, you know, oh, you're of the devil. You know, there, there's no, there's no God, there's no person the devil wants tithing on on any prosperity that he gives them. I tithe in everything I get. I support the church. Amen. The church is advancing financially because of my giving it, and because you're giving too, right? It's not just me, obviously, but it's all of us, right? Uh, and so, but was Jesus having any of that? Did it bother him that those people walked away? He probably didn't like it, but he said, but he turned to the twelve. So the, the disciples are there, and then the twelve were there, and so some of the disciples, you know, it's too much. You're asking, you're asking too much of me. Nobody can live that way, Jesus. We're out of here. And, and I love what Jesus, I love what Jesus he, he looked at the twelve. You gonna go away too? Now that, that just sounds like something Jesus would do, right? What are you gonna do? You gonna leave too? And of course, Peter, this Peter, right? Great Peter. This is the, one of the best things Peter ever said. Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of life, of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Say, now, in this moment, Peter was top-notch Peter, right? We like the top-notch Peter. You know, the other Peter, not, 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 don't want to follow that. But top-notch Peter, we like the top-notch Peter, right? Uh, and so, uh, but see, right now in the church, there's such an attack. There's such an attack to get you and me and everybody in the church to quit being so radical and believing God for things, quit being so radical and living right, being so radical and just doing away with sin. You know, don't be so radical. Uh, you know, we're not telling you to backslide. Be a nice Christian. Go, go to the people that, you know, go with these, follow these disciples, right? Go follow them. They're all disciples of Jesus, weren't they? Go follow them. That's, that's what you should do. Jesus is too much, but these disciples, you know, they all probably followed, had good moral lives and did okay, right? probably fed some poor and clothed some naked people and, you know, started a food ministry, you know, I mean, they probably did some good things. You know, go do those things. Those, those are nice. Those are nice things. Everybody can back that up, right? This radical stuff, believing God for everything. We ain't having that, you know. Well, who's got the most to gain by the church being weak in faith? Well, the devil does, right? Anytime anybody says, you need to dial it back, you need to turn it up to 11. Anytime somebody says, don't be so radical, double up, burn it up, you know. Uh, I mean, just walk away. You've got to walk away. If they're not helping you get twice as, twice as radical as you are today, I mean, I, I'd question. I, and look, there's ministers I've had to walk away from. Just walk away. I can't be part of this. And more than one. I, I can't. People that I consider my elders in the Lord, but what they were doing and saying and, and, and ministering, you know, not going with the Lord Jesus, but doing, building their own kingdom. I, I can't be, you know, Jesus said in the Old Testament, he said, except the Lord built a house. 
They labor in vain that build it. Now, they built it. But if you're building your own kingdom, I don't want any part of your kingdom. I want part of the kingdom of God. And so sometimes you've got to walk away. Done it plenty of times, you know. But I'm always happy. Because one other time, not this time, but one other time, Jesus said, I'm never alone. The, Lord's, the Father's always with me. I'll never be alone, right? I, I'm, I believe God that my, uh, my wife, you know, she and I will be together all the time, right? Because uh, I'm, I'm a little afraid of her. If I, if I slack up, you know, she gets some uh, frying pan uh, uh, counseling going on with me, you know, uh, and help me out. Amen. But see, uh, I trust that. See, I trust my wife implicitly. I trust that she's there. Uh, I, I'm a better person because of her. And I believe she would say the same thing about me, that she's a better person because of me. I, I, I encourage her to press in. I exhort her to be, to be greater in faith. Uh, she does the same thing for me. She exhorts me to, to be better, to be more radical. Not in a fanatical way where it's out of the will of God, but just, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, Smith Wigglesworth walk back and forth on the stage and just, uh, I don't know if he'd do it for an hour, but he'd do it time after time and just only believe, only believe. He'd say that back and, fo- back and forth, only believe. He'd say it with really thick Scottish accent. Only believe. Only believe. That's the call for the church today. Only believe. Quit this. Quit this. I don't want to believe everything. That's a waste of good air. We've got, we're such, we've got such a short time on this earth. If we live to be 120, which is, you know, I believe is the ultimate promise of the Lord, we could live that long, right? I know, John, you got to 100. You know, we're, we're going to hook up with you right to 100, you know? And if you want to go home at 100, praise God, we'll have a big party for you, right? No problem. Not got no problem at all, right? Uh, but see, uh, I, you know, 100 years old sounds like, and be, oh, that's such a long time. It's a, it, the, the, the Bible calls, James said, you're, you're but a vapor. If you live 120, you're a vapor. You're just, a, you were here and today and gone tomorrow in the great scheme of things, right? So we're here such a short time on the earth. You, we've got to make, we've got to make every effort to press in with all that we've got and, and not compromise. I, the word compromise it just, it's, it's like saying a cuss word to me. Compromise. You know, dial it back. Quit being so radical. Don't, you know, faith stuff, healing stuff, speaking in tongue stuff. That's radical. That's just normal. That's normal. That's, when, when the Lord looks at it, he's like, that's normal. That's just, that's just you know, we uh, play poker, right? You've got to ante up, right? That's just the, that's just the stuff to get started. That's not even radical, right? You're not even making a big bet. You're just doing the very, very, very basic to get in. A lot of churches, a lot of people in church will never attain even to that. And look at the heaven and go, man, what did I miss? Oh, I missed all that. All, all those years I could have lived full of joy and happy, like a tree planted by the, rib, by the rivers of living water. Unmovable. None of these things move me. I could have lived that way all my life. But I was, I was unhappy all the time. And I, and I believe the, the, the root of all unhappiness in the church is your spirit man is always wanting to go this direction. Your flesh is always wanting to go that direction. And, and if, you're, if you're going in this direction somewhere over here instead of this way, you'll never be happy. Never be fully happy, right? You may enjoy your life in your boat and car and two kids in a house and a dog and a cat, you know. Maybe two cats, I don't know, you know, but... I just, it just, uh, there, there's, such, there's such a warning in my heart. Be, be cautious, be careful. There's such an attack right now. 
And it's coming in, in so many directions, right? Uh, in so many different ways. To not be radical, you know, you know, live for God. You don't have to go to church to love God. Well, I thought Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what? People that don't do that, I'm not mad at nobody. But if you sit there and tell people they don't have to go to church, you are a liar. That is a lie from the pit of hell. The Lord Jesus always wanted the church to be together. He wants us to gather together in his name and worship him as a, as a group of fellow believers. You can't worship the Lord uh, with other believers by yourself at home. It was always, he called us the body of Christ. Do you send your hand to Walmart and your foot to, to, the, to, to AutoZone or somewhere? No, what do you do? You always go together, right? I mean, I guess people don't, people don't do that, right? They don't send their hand one way and send their foot the other way, right? I mean, nobody I know that can do that, right? Uh, you, we're together, right? Uh, and, and the Lord has always intended to be bodies of believers that gather together and accomplish the task that he assigned that body of believers to do. Uh, and, you know, people say, well, you know, why is there so many churches? There were so many churches in the, in the Bible, too. There are a lot of churches in the Bible. Um, you know, they could have all just not had a church at Antioch and just gone to Jerusalem or, you know, they didn't have to have a church at Corinth and a church at Ephesus and a church at Philippi and a church at Rome and a church at, you know, wherever else. Um, you know, it's, it, I don't, I have no problem with that, right? Uh, and so uh, it's, uh, uh, just, just be cautious. There, there is an attack and, it, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's well produced. It sounds good. Uh, mentally, uh, emotionally, it sounds like something that you should give consideration to. But if you'll check your spirit man, your spirit man will say, run. Run. Don't walk. Run. You know, you go to the Old Testament Proverbs. Sometimes it talks about, you know, the, the, the man that is with the harlot. He's taken as a, as a deer, you know, uh, uh, to his slaughter. Because it all looks pretty, right? But it ends in death. And, and now, we know that uh, in the New Testament, that there's spiritual death, there's physical death, but there's also a death or a lack of power. Remember the prodigal son? What did the father say? That my son who was what? Dead. Well, did he die in the, pigs, in the pigsty? Did he, did he die somewhere out in the world in sin? He was alive. Uh, and I believe, you know, I believe you could preach that from an evangelistic standpoint, hey, come get saved, right? But was, was he the father's son before he left? Was he the father's son while he was gone? What did he call him when he was coming back? My what? My son. He was a son the whole time. He never was not the son. So you could preach that just as well as the church as you could evangelistically, right, to get people saved. But I think in the church too, you can, you can talk about how the church will live without power. No power. Now, my son who was dead without power is alive again, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, I love the prodigal son story because of that, because it helps me, because, you know, what, what did the man want? He wanted all the blessings of the father without any of the responsibility of the father, right? Now, the elder son, he didn't do much better either, right? He stayed, but he was super religious, right? He earned, tried to earn his way. I've been so faithful to you. I've been so good, you know. He wasn't really any better than the, than the son, who left, except the son who left, <laughs> ended up with no inheritance because he already spent all his, right? The other son still got all the inheritance. So I don't know how that worked out when the dad died, but, you know, I'm sure they negotiated something. But 
but it was a parable, so it didn't really happen, right? The story was just a story, right? But you know, he, was, he was the son the whole time. He wanted all the blessings of the Father. Doesn't everybody in the church want all the blessings of the Father? They all do. And the Lord said, well, here's, here's how to do it. You stay with me and you, you, follow, you follow the plan that I've got for you. Well, I want to do, do what I want to do. I've heard that. I can't tell you how many. I want to do what I want to do. You know, I want to do what I want to do too. What I want to do is follow the Lord. I gave up my choice a long time ago. Now, in the moment, you know, if the Lord doesn't have anything for me, well, I want to go to Walmart. Well, I'll go to Walmart. I want to go buy a new tool. You know, I'll go buy a new tool, right? But if he says, hey, I need you to go, yes, sir, no problem. Uh, and so it's uh, um, uh, it just, just uh, caution. I just, in my heart, there's caution. Careful. There's too many people who are saying, uh, I follow the Lord when they don't follow anybody but their flesh. I follow after Jesus. They'll, you know, didn't you say, you'll say, Lord, Lord. And what he's, I never knew you. There are a lot of people who are saying, Lord, Lord. Well, how do you know? You have the Spirit of God in you. You know. You know in your heart. Uh, it's, see, we, the advantage we have in the New Testament is you have the Spirit of God in you. If, if the Spirit of God says run, you know, there, the, years ago uh, I went to go and pick up I think it was a lawnmower from a friend of mine. Mine was in the shop or something, and I needed to, uh, to borrow his lawnmower, and so I went by his house. Well, he wasn't there. His wife was there, but he wasn't there. And, and you know, I've known these people for years. We're good friends, you know, uh, uh, close, close with, them, with them, right? You know, and, and so this one's just somebody I didn't know. This is somebody I've known for many years, right? But I, but I, I got there, and, and she walked out. And as soon as she walked out, all the bells and whistles in my heart just, you know, you ever had that happen? Just, you know, most of the time it's just kind of a little unction. But this time it was like red flashing lights, you know, alarms and everything. Run, run. And I knew, don't go in that house, you know, because, you know, it would, wouldn't have been unreasonable. If, hey, uh, come and get a glass of tea or something, you know. I ain't going in that house. All the alarm bells, you know. Uh, uh, where's the lawnmower? It's right there outside the garage. Okay, I got to go by. Uh, and and um, now... Nothing happened, but there, I ran, you know, uh, and, you know, she probably thought, why is he being so weird and rude? The, all the alarm bells are going off. Alarm bells go off. You know what you do? You run. Uh, and you're honestly, oh, I can handle it. You know, I, you know, no, I, I can take care of it. You know, I'm a, I'm a great man of faith. If the Bible says run, what do you do? You run. You don't say, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a great man of faith, you know, whatever, whatever. Now, there was a fellow that was talking about, uh, he, he was uh, going somewhere, and he just had an unction, just wait five minutes or ten minutes or whatever it was. Ah, we've already prayed, you know, believe God for his safety. Let's go anyway. And they got in a car accident, nearly, nearly cost uh, the life of his wife, nearly died. But see, he knew. No, don't go. Just wait. You know, the Lord didn't say don't go at all. So just wait. Just wait a few minutes. Well, I ain't got time to wait. Well, then, you know. Uh, people think, well, you're, you know, that's crazy. You know, Lord, the Lord doesn't do that. My Bible says that he leads me and guides me in all truth, in all truth and shows me things to come. Wouldn't tell you not to go. would be showing you things to come. Uh, see, that's what my Bible says. And people say, well, that's crazy. Well, I didn't write it. If it says it, I believe it. You know, and I do my best. If it says it, I'm going to believe it. And, and if, and if I'm not living it, and I'm going, to, Lord, what, why? You know, I, I see this. 
I'm, I don't have this in my life. Where do I go? You know, uh, remember we've been reading uh, Lily B. Yeoman's book. Remember what she said? She said, if she doesn't get healing, what's the first thing she does? She starts changing. It's the first thing she does. She doesn't go to the Lord and say, why, why are you not healing me? Why are you not doing what you said you'd do? She goes to the Lord and says, I'm doing something wrong. I'm going to start changing. Whatever it is, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find out whatever it is, and I'm going to change it. It may not have nothing to do with faith. It might be sin. It might be a lack of understanding. I mean, it could be a thousand things, but it's not the Lord. It's not you. I'm going to change. Uh, and if the, Lord, and if, the, if the promise is there, I'm going to do it. Because, again, we're only here on this earth for such a short time. And we're only here, everything we do, all the joy that we have, you know, and I love having a good time. I mean, I love going places. I love doing things. Uh, you know, uh, I love just, you know, going on boats and airplanes. And I mean, I just enjoy life. But I know that my, I've got one eye always toward the Lord. You know, Lord, there's, there's, I'm here for one purpose. The short time I'm on this earth is to advance your kingdom. Uh, and I'm going to, to the very best of my ability, I will advance your kingdom. Uh, and it, it may be one at a time, you know, praise God, you know. I believe God, we can fill this whole church up, right? Uh, and I think we, we uh, I think it would help people. Don't you think it helped help people? I think we got a great word. I think we could encourage people, uh, cause them to live better lives, right? Heal, get their bodies healed, get their minds re- renewed, get their spirits uh, uh, encouraged. Amen. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, people say, well, it's not about building a church. You know, it's not about, you know, I think it's all about getting people in these seats to let them hear the word of God, get hands laid on them, get devils cast out of them. They ain't going to get it out there. Now, we're not the only church I know, but, you know, we do it here. So there's plenty of people to go around. We're not, we steal anybody's people. No, we don't steal anybody's people. But that's my heart's desire is to, is to help every single person that comes to this ministry and, and make them all radical you know, slobbering, fire-breathing Christians, right? And just uh, on, on fire for the Lord. Uh, and, and just, uh, 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 and have a great and a happy life, amen? Uh, and and uh, now that's got nothing to do with the book of Philippians, but I, it just, it just, it's been weighing heavy on my heart. The, the, the concern as a minister of the gospel, as a pastor uh, to the church, because we, you know, I mean, we don't have worldwide audience, but we've got an audience that, it, that it goes beyond these four walls. And, uh, and um, I'd encourage everybody listening, you know, get on fire for the Lord. Pursue him with all, with all your endeavor. Don't just do a halfway Christian. Halfway Christian, boring, most boring thing ever. Boring, boring, boring. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm this sophisticated person. Boring, boring, old, outdated dinosaur. You want to be new and fresh? You follow the Lord 100%. People, oh, you know, I want to be relevant. Well, then follow the Lord 100%. It's so boring, you know, don't follow God all the way. You know, that was the serpent in the garden. That's been 6,000 years ago. How old is that? Not even interesting, right? Been, that story's been told so many times. It's boring, right? Uh, and so it's okay to be on fire for the Lord. It's okay to keep on moving. Amen? People say, I, I'm, I'm not going with you if you keep on going that direction. See you at the end. See you when we get to heaven. I'm, I'm moving. I'm always moving. And I will not stop. And I will not turn to the left or the right if the whole world leaves me. Paul had a whole country leave him. All my countrymen left me. What did he do? Kept on moving. And you think Paul did okay for himself? I think he did all right. Wouldn't you like to have a Bible book named after you? Book of Chip? There ain't never going to be a book of Chip, you know, in the Bible. But um, 
but I, I want to accomplish something for the Lord. Don't you want to accomplish something for the Lord? I want, when I get there, I want him to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. That's, what, that's the only words I want to hear at the end of time. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear, man, that sure was a big church you built. That's the last thing I want to hear. Wow, that sure was a nice big home you had. Uh, well, you sure had a lot of nice cars. That'd be so sad, right? That's all you, that's all you accomplished, right? Now, does the Lord care about any of those things? He doesn't care about any of those things, right? Those are all fine. No, no problem with any of those things, right? Uh, people do, I don't believe in a prosperity doctrine. Boring, boring, boring. Everybody believes in prosperity. You'd, you'd get so mad if you got a nickel shortchanged on your paycheck. You'd go to your boss, I want my nickel back right now. And then the name of a, of a singing group, Nickelback. That's probably what it was, right? They got shortchanged a nickel. I want my nickel back, right? Is that the name of the group? Yeah, yeah, I don't know, you know. Uh, and so that's what it was, right? They got shortchanged. That's, you know, I don't have no idea. I'm just making it up, right? Uh, but um, they all believe, everybody believes in prosperity, except for the ones that have prosperity, right? You know, they don't want, they don't want you to prosper. They want, uh, me, it's fine, but you, no way. You know, that's not fair. Jealous, boring, envy, boring. Not even interesting. It's like, whatever. God walks on streets of gold. It, I mean, if he just tripped, he would, he would give you more gold than you could use in, a, in 10 lifetimes. You know, trip or anything, I know that. But, you know, if he just accidentally swept, the, uh, you know, let's go sweep the streets of gold. I'll take all that dust of gold, dust, gold dust all day long, right? Yeah, I'm being facetious, you know, but, but uh, boring, right? People who don't want to believe God, boring. It's boring to me. To me, when you see it, it's exciting that I can live a life as a king. I'm a king. Royal priesthood, right? You're a priest and a king. What kind of kings live like paupers? What kind of kings are down in the ditch? You know, I ain't got no food. You know, I'm poor and broke. You know, I'm unhappy and sick and diseased all the time. And I mean, kings are kings. We're supposed to live as kings. Amen. Not to the detriment of anybody. We don't live as kings so that other people can live as paupers. The Lord wants his whole church to prosper so we can accomplish his gospel. Amen. Uh, anything else? Boring, boring, boring. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just, I have a hard time even being around that kind of unbelief because uh, it's just so, it's so not God. But they'll tell you, they'll slick it all up, wear these nice polo button-down shirts, you know, and just speak with the most sincere, you know, it just, it, it's hurt so many, the, the prosperity message has hurt so many people, and there's so many crooks and sh- charlatans out there. You, know, you need to avoid that at all cost. Uh, and what's it going to do? It'll choke the life out of a church. The church cannot complete its commission without the prosperity of the Lord. How are we going to go into all the world if we can't afford to go across the street? It's just, it's just the, the, the most absurd thing in the world, right? They've got no problems with a Bill Gates buying a jet airplane, but you get a, a minister buying you. Oh, I can't believe a damn minister, you know, taking food out of the baby's mouth, you know, or whatever, you know. I got no problem with anybody buying anything. None of my business anyway, right? So uh, I got my business is my business, amen? You want to do whatever... Uh, do I know your life? How, do I, how can I judge you that you're wrong in buying those things? I'd have to stand in the, in the position of judge. Well, I thought that position was already filled by the Lord Jesus himself. Amen. Be happy, right? Uh, I'm glad for anybody to prosper. Amen. I'm not envious or jealous of it. Uh, but those, those people who talk that they are envious and jealous, they don't want to admit it. You know, in fact, Paul, that's kind of how we got started this because Paul was going to get ready to talk about this in the next few verses. We didn't actually get to it. But when we get to it next week, you go, oh, that's what he was talking about all, week, all, all along right there, right? So envy and jealousy. So, uh, well, we're, I mean, we're out of time, but uh, um, I, I just encourage you, press in. Look around. 
See, see the people around you, where they're going. If they're not going, then you've got to go. Right? If they're not going with you, you've got to keep on going. I mean, what's the alternative? Compromise? Makes you want to throw up. I mean, that kind of word, talking like that, it's like nasty talk, right? Vulgar talk. I don't like to talk. Compromise, you know, don't be so radical. Whatever, you know, just... Uh, I've been radical since I was 15 and, you know, still got a little slobber every now and then, but, you know, I'm, I'm working on it, right? So uh, we'll get there, amen? Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for blessing us with uh, uh, good things each and every day. Father, we thank you that you fill us with a real knowledge of your will, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You fill us with your spirit, Father, to know course and directions and steps to take. And, Father, as we listen in the quiet times of our life, you will speak and instruct and direct us, Father, which way to go, uh, what to say, Father. And, Father, if there's places or things we avoid and don't go, you will warn us, Father, once and twice and sometimes three times. But, Father, there is an end to your grace sometimes that if we go beyond your grace, the words will stop, but our feet will continue. And we'll look around one day and we'll realize, where is the Lord? And the Lord will say, I have not moved, but you have. So be cautious and, and listen to his voice. Be careful to listen to what the Spirit says to you. And with due diligence, move and operate quickly as he instructs you. And never look back, as Lot's wife did, to the things of old. Always press on to the mark of the high calling of the Lord Jesus. For in the days ahead, there is prosperity and joy. In days of following my will and my plan, there is greatness of, of peace and, yes, prosperity. Prosperity is just a fruit of obedience. But know this of a surety, saith the Lord, that there are those whose hearts are not with me, whose directions are not set by my plan, whose designs are to cause those who are following me closely today to not follow me so closely tomorrow. Be warned, saith the Lord. Be cautious. Listen to my spirit. I will always speak. As often as you listen will be as often as I speak. And I will lead and I will direct. And I will strengthen. And yes, sometimes as necessary, I will comfort. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we will follow you. You alone, Father, are worthy to be worshipped and praised and honored and to be magnified, Father. Father, whatever the cost in this natural life, it's such a small thing, Father, to follow you. You alone are worthy, Father. We thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Well, let's see. Um, I have no idea what kind of announcements we've got, but um, uh, let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. Um, I wonder, uh, how is it going with uh, the 52-week challenge? You guys still doing that? Uh, I'd encourage you to keep on doing that. You know, I invited somebody to church just yesterday. And, um, you know, to me, for me personally, I like it because, you know, sometimes I just kind of forget. You know, of course, as a pastor, sometimes, uh, you know, I don't want to um, feel like I'm trying to just build up a kingdom or anything, but people need to be in church. Amen. And um, so I invited uh, somebody just yesterday, right? I didn't put them on my list yet, but I'll put them on my list uh, when I get home. 
And uh, so come ahead, Mr. Jared. So I encourage you, you know, uh, keep it up, right? Uh, people need to be in church. Uh, the lost needs to be in church. Those that have lost their way need to be in church. There's a lot of people, you know, I was talking to someone just the other day. They said, yeah, so-and-so, they've not been in church in months. Uh, and, you know, they're one of these people that have been in church all their life, but just haven't been going to church for whatever reason. You know, don't know why, but, you know, uh, well, they need to be in church. And our church is good as any other church, right? Come here. Amen. Uh, and so I encourage you, you know, keep it up. And uh, I'll just, you know, I won't, I'm not going to harp, uh, you know, I'm not going to, um, uh, what's the word, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be putting you under pressure, right? It's not about being pressure. It's just encourage you, hey, you know, that's, that's why we're on this earth, right? To advance the kingdom, amen? Uh, and so praise God, have a, have a wonderful week in the Lord, and uh, we'll see you all on Sunday.